It's time now for another edition of Roarman's Raging Softball Report. Everything Louisiana softball. Now, here's your host, loving Louisiana softball since 1981. It's the Roar Man. Hello, and welcome into another edition of my softball podcast. I am the Roar Man. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Joining me now is a name familiar to all raging Cajun softball fans, former Cajun, All-American, and now the associate head coach at Magnese, Shelly Landry. Shelly, thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Shelly, you know, it's been seven years since you walked off the field as a player. Does it seem like it's been that long? It does not, but that just put it into perspective. So <laughs> I think it doesn't seem that long because we play there so often. Um, so I do get to go back to the same field. But yeah, I do miss playing for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. So when you were at when you were playing as a raging Cajun, did you know you wanted to be a college softball coach? My first two years, I did not. I actually wanted to go into occupational therapy um, and work with kids. Um, and then obviously, as Coach Mike asked me, my junior year to be a graduate assistant is kind of whenever I I was like, you know what, maybe I do want to get my master's and start coaching. And then I was trying to once I, my career was getting closing to the end, I was kind of like, how would I live life without softball? <laughs> and so then I was like, OK, maybe I do need to be in coaching. And so, yeah, that's kind of where it transpired from. So this is your fifth year with the Cowgirls and your first as an associate head coach. So congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. As the associate head coach, you are now more involved in day-to-day operations, and you are the recruiting coordinator in addition to coaching the outfielders and also assisting with hitting. So you're wearing a lot of hats. I mean, how do you manage to do all of that? Um, it's a, it, it makes for long days. Um, it is a lot of hats, but I think that Coach James does a good job of prioritizing, you know, hey, recruiting is what you need to focus on today or this week. Let's focus on hitting. Um, but I do think that like when you set some goals and um, aspirations for like what you want for your team and what you want your program to look like um, each day, I kind of just have time slots of, hey, we're going to I'm going to spend this hour on recruiting this next hour on hitting next hour on outfield. Um, so a lot of time is spent in the office kind of hour by hour doing where wearing the different hats. Um, and then obviously when I go home is more of the recruiting side of it. Cause I'm able to call coaches more at nighttime whenever they're uh, more available. So. Well, speaking of recruiting, there are 24 players on the team and all but three of them are from either Texas or Louisiana as recruiting coordinator. Do you plan to expand the area from which you recruit? Um, yes, we do plan to expand. A lot. I mean, it makes it easy being 30 minutes away from the Texas border um, and getting really good talent there. And so I do think that we will expand a little bit more. And plus with the transfer portal, there will be kids that aren't obviously from Louisiana and Texas. And so that's going to kind of change it up. But at the end of the day, too, like the kids from the South like to be in the South. And so whenever there's good talent within the South, it makes it easy to recruit here um, and us not flying all over the country to have to find the talent. Yeah, it takes a lot of time and money to fly all over the country. So Magnese is the crown jewel of the Southland Conference and has been for quite some time now. Uh, Plus, your team has been very successful in taking on power five teams across the country. A week and a half ago, you defeated number 12, Washington. And last year in a regional, the Cowgirls defeated number 21, Notre Dame. 
not once but twice, making it to the finals before being knocked out by Northwestern. Last year, the team finished the season 40 and 21. So tell me about the experience of playing in that regional and getting those two wins against Notre Dame. Um, the experience was great. Um, I think that our practices are extremely competitive. Um, we like to play at a high level. We like to play fast. And we just like to recruit kids that are very competitive. Um, and so they have a good time competing day in and day out. And so um, we were excited to not have to go to the Baton Rouge Regional again. Um, it was nice to have a different, you know, setting and kind of see different parts of the country um, and different fields. Um, and at the end of the day, our kids competed. Um, I thought we were prepared as a coaching staff. Um, they prepared as well as watching video and practicing hard. And you're talking about the wins this year. And obviously we had big wins last year, but whenever you schedule um, tough competition throughout the year, it's just another game after another game after another game. So um, we just try to do a good job of playing the best because at the end of the day, if you want to be the best, then you're going to have to play the best. And so that's kind of like our motto here is if you want to be at the top, you got to play the top and kind of get a gut check sometimes, which is good, but sometimes you come out with a big win and you're still able to get better from there. Yeah. And you did that, that this year, again, beating number 12 Washington about nine days ago. So yeah. last year's team had 28 players, 14 of those players, half the team are gone either due to graduation or perhaps transferring or perhaps like a former raging Cajun Kendall tally, just moving on with life as a fifth year senior. Also right. Grace Cantu has left the team. She was once a raging Cajun. This year, the roster has been cut down to 24 players, and it includes 11 new players, nine freshmen and two transfers. So are you considering this a rebuilding year? I would not say it's a rebuilding year. I would say that it's just a new team. We do have a really good freshman class that came in, um, and then our two transfers are exceptional athletes as well. I think just the day and age that you're in right now, you never know who's ready to move on. And I think when I was playing, it's, hey, if I could have got a fifth year, I was playing a fifth year. Um, no questions asked. And so I just don't know that the times right now, some people are trying to move on. Um, for instance, we have a couple seniors this year that are trying to get into med school. So I think just furthering school and academics, if they do have the chance to take those opportunities or go to work or whatever, then they do take those chances. But as far as rebuild, I don't think um, necessarily it's a rebuilding year. I think our the leadership in the locker room of the returners from last year have done a really good job of um, kind of giving them the foundation of what McNeese softball is about and how it is to play at that tough level and what to do when adversity comes. And as long as you're working hard day in and day out, then the competition's there um, within the locker room. And if you have a good culture and you have the right people on the bus, then um, it's new faces. But other than that, the culture is still good. Um, the kids in the locker room are good and they work hard every day to to get back to where we were last year. So let's talk about this year's team and some of the players starting in the circle. Last year, Ashley Vallejo was the Southland Conference Pitcher of the Year going 18-8 and eight with a 2.32 ERA. She's back for her junior year. Tell me more about Ashley. Ashley's great. Um, Ashley has really transformed um, over this summer body-wise. Um, she put in a lot of work in the weight room. She put a lot of work into nutrition. And so her and Coach Shelby have done a really good job of picking the three to four pitches that she's really good at and mastering those. Um, and I do think like after playing in two regionals, now going into her junior year, she does have the postseason, you know, kind of atmosphere under her belt. So at the end of the day, once you get that experience and you know what it feels like, um, sometimes the pain, sometimes the good, it always gonna is going to excel you for that next year. So I think Ashley's ready. Um, I think she's done a really good job this year with the 
couple wins that she did have against top 25 teams. Um, and so she's just, she's hungry this year. Um, and so she's excited about the, about the future for her. Senior pitcher Whitney Tate seems to be off to a good start. She's 4-0 with a 1.6 ERA. Is she considered the number two pitcher? I wouldn't say that we have really a number one or number two. I think it's more about the matchup that we're going to face. Um, but I do think between Whitney and Ashley, they do show up every day. They both work hard. And which, regardless of which one's going to get the ball that day, they both uh, they both complement each other very well as far as what they throw. Um, but they both are competitive and they both have each other's back. So I wouldn't say we necessarily have a one or two. It just kind of would depend on Ashley might be the number one based on the team we're playing um, or vice versa. So switching from pitchers, um, go ahead and tell me about your leaders at the plate. Um, I would say right now our leader at the plate is definitely Chloe Gomez. Um, she's on a 10-game hitting streak, which is exciting for her. Um, she's put a lot, a lot of time in this offseason um, and kind of kept things simple as far as at the plate. Um, she's doing a really good job. She's actually in our leadoff spot right now. So um, the team's kind of riding her. Other than that, you know, Kaylee Lopez keeps coming off the bench and getting the couple of hits that we need her to hit. We've had Chris Lee Moreno, Reese Reyna, um, and then our transfer Riley Bouvier from Baylor has been doing a really good job with, for us kind of being a triple threat on the plate. So I'd say the leader in the offense right now for McNeese is definitely Chloe Gomez. Through 15 games, uh, the team has hit five home runs. So is this team going to be more of a small ball manufactured run team than a power hitting team? Absolutely. I think that we play, we play very fast. We like to play the small game. We like to play small ball, slashing, bunning, all that fun stuff. Obviously, we'll hit a few home runs here and there, but we're definitely the gap-to-gap, -gap, like, hit doubles kind of team. Um, that's just where we're at this year, and I'm okay with that. I mean, obviously, the long ball is good, and it's fun, and that's what the fans like to see. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we play very fast, and so that's also an easy way to win as well. Well, you are definitely a long ball hitter. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so among the 11 newcomers, talk to me about some of them that may be performing better than you might have thought. I would have to say Brooke Otto, um, as a freshman, came in this weekend. She was three for three, hit her, her first home run. Um, so she's been putting in the work. It's very hard when you're sitting as a player and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting um, to kind of play. That can get mentally draining. But I do think that um, Brooke has done an exceptional job of kind of like work while you wait, um, as well as I think are two, well, basically three transfers. I think that they've all come in and been able to give us good at bats. And um, Torres plays second base for us. She's made some incredible plays um, at second. And then Riley Bouvier, who came from Baylor, she got hurt in the fall. And so she was kind of out for a while. And so now she's starting to get in the groove of things and she's swinging it very well. And again, she's a th triple threat. So it's always good to kind of get the defense off. But overall, I think even Poncho, Karen Poncho, she's she's doing well. Um, our, our freshman class is, is spectacular. They do a good job of, again, work while you wait. No complaints, no locker room issues. They just show up to practice. They're really just kind of what we like to call dirt bags. They love softball and they just love to compete. Well, sometimes with freshmen, you never know what you're going to get. And it's yes. really nice to see them perform at Correct. the collegiate level as freshmen. Correct. So the Cajuns and Cowgirls are familiar foes. What do you know about this year's team? Um, I know that they can hit. They can hit. Um, really, they can hit and they can pitch. I think Justin's doing a really good job with the pitchers. Um, I think anyone that they throw out there is going to give you fits offensively. 
you kind of never know. He's a great pitch caller. They don't miss very often over the white. Um, so if we don't make, the, if we don't catch that mistake and they, they don't make that mistake, it's going to be a one to two run ball game. So I think that they're Justin's done an exceptional job with the pitchers and then they're playing good enough defense and scoring enough runs to be successful. So. Well, one thing that you mentioned, one or two run games, they seem to always be competitive games. So as a coach at McNeese now, how do you feel about taking on a team you once played for? <laughs> um, it's always fun. Um, you're always, obviously, as an alumni, you're always proud. And when you're not playing them, you hope they win. But when you're playing them, you hope they lose. Uh, that's just how it goes. I feel like that's kind of every alumni. But of course, I'm cheering for them um, every time that they're playing. But I do enjoy the one to two run games against them. I think it's both coaching staffs have a lot of respect for each other and being an hour away. It's just really good in-state rivalry. Um, and it's always fun to play them. So I'm looking forward to it. No, it definitely is. Now, I remember a couple of years after you graduated, I went to a UL McNeese game and your parents were there and they were decked out in McNeese attire. And I was like, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they still say they're Cajuns through and through. But when I'm coaching against the Cajuns, they have to put their blue on. They already <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were definitely not decked out in red and white or vermilion nope. and white. They know better. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, coach Land, uh, Landry knew he does an excellent job. I'm sure he's very happy to have you as an associate coach. That's really all I have for you today. I really wish you the best as your coaching career moves forward. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and um, you're playing Grambling tonight and then headed over to Austin for the Longhorn Longhorn Invitational. Uh, the Cajuns and McNeese will match up. Um, you know, good luck in the game and good luck in the other games as well. Great. Perfect. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Have a good day. So there you have it. My interview with Shelly Landry, the associate head coach at McNeese. It's always a pleasure speaking to her. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you tell a friend. I hope you subscribe. I'll see you at the ballpark. And this is the Roar Man saying, go Cajuns.